Hello and welcome to the Kiss the Wild podcast with your host, Kristen Wright. This is the space to unpack cultural scripts, narratives, and conditioning that are keeping you from living the juiciest version of yourself. You can expect conversations and thought-provoking ideas to help you reclaim your whole self in and out of the bedroom. Let's get started. All right, all right. Hello, my friends. It is I, Kristen Wright. I am coming at you today. I just shared on Instagram that I just feel like I'm on a frequency today. All the stars are aligned. My 18-month-old, for the first time ever, slept through the night, which is amazing. I didn't sleep through the night. I definitely woke up, but she slept through the night, so I really don't want to just gloss over that. I want to celebrate it. Um, The kids have been really sick for two weeks, so it's been really, really tough. Um, but today they're in childcare and I am follicular, which is my favorite time of my cycle, feeling really juicy. I got the space to exercise and move my body today and tune into my morning practice and journal and just really be with myself and drink from the well of nourishment. And so I'm just feeling really grateful for this experience that I've had this morning after having such a shit time, honestly, for the last two weeks. I feel like these times and the, you know, viruses or, you know, bugs that are out there right now are really intense for the kiddos and it just really took our family out and it's been really tough, really like depleting as a mother caring for two sick kids um, really hard mentally. There's been a lot of mental lows. Um, so I'm just, yeah, riding the high on being on the other side of that. But I also just don't want to gloss over the realness and the intensity of how hard it can be. And especially as we enter into the lead up um, to Christmas, it is December what is it? The 14th, I believe, the time of recording this podcast. So we're about 11 days out, and I know that Christmas time can be a stressful time, uh, especially I feel like for mothers who tend to carry more of the invisible load of this time of the year. And so, what I wanted to touch on today is sort of like in the realm of honoring our needs, like really putting our needs at the center, being able to speak up um, for what we want or need for ourselves, and really for women to take up space over the holidays, you know, to be able to nourish themselves and to avoid, you know, burnout and resentment. And I'm really feeling this after just having that two weeks of hardship and how hard it can be to, you know, when you're in it and you're carrying that load to ask for what you need, 
to take a step back to untangle from the shoulds and from the scripts about what we've been told and sold about what it means to be a woman in this world and what we should do and give um, from that place and just you know being able to unpack all that and orientate back to like what is real and true um, for ourselves and so I guess what I wanted to say within that is that um, for myself what I've felt surface in the last two weeks is this worthiness piece like when I have to step back from my quote-unquote responsibilities in the household because my capacity is low and I maybe need to take rest or take care of myself how much these old stories come up about worth and how there's so much fear for me and I know that I'm not alone in this about what my partner thinks about me or um yeah like there's a fear of judgment about what it means to be you know a mother or a caretaker or a partner I don't really like to use the word wife I use the word partner generally but you know to be a wife and all of those things even though I know on a cognitive level what you know what I deserve and what I'm worthy of. It's like my body always tells another story and there's these wounds that always have to be acknowledged and felt and loved along the way. And I want to share this with you. I had a uh, session with a counselor yesterday and, you know, I was sharing this with her, this feeling, you know, she had asked me, I'd had a really specifically hard day just on Monday. So it wasn't that long ago we're now on Wednesday, um, that I was like, I just had one of those days, I don't know if you can relate to this, where I woke up and it just, it was a hard day. The needs of the kids were big. My capacity felt low. I was exhausted and sick myself or not feeling a hundred percent anyways. And you know, and I just felt like I can't do this. Like I'm not cut out for this. And I was beating myself up about like, where was my resiliency? And, um, you know, why, why am I so weak at times? Well, also knowing to be compassionate, but still there's, like I said, there's those stories. It's a continual unpacking. And, um, the therapist, my counselor, asked me well you got through it so how did you get through that day and so I was sharing with her that you know I rested um, when the kids were napping although I still had to go and help my youngest through her nap so it wasn't like a huge period of rest so I asked when my partner got home I asked to not go for the family you know dog walk that we usually do every afternoon and instead I like literally had a nap but there's so much like, you know, I felt like, oh, I'm just a drain on the resources. I, f- I have so much compassion for my partner and his needs because I know his resources are low and I hate asking when I know his resources are low and it's so hard to take that space and time for myself. Even though I know I'm worthy, I feel really weak and it feels really painful. Um, I feel a lot of, um, you know, emotion around it and 
we kind of went into she asked me if I was a you know a really independent person especially you know before children and I definitely 100% were like was you know there wasn't anything um, in life that I couldn't really seem to go after or do for myself and so we unpacked a little bit where I learned how to be so independent which you know was emotional we went into some inner child stuff and really uncovered um, you know at the end of it that it's like I was never given I was never celebrated for what I accomplished you know the there's always this message and this is no shade to my parents because we're all just doing the best we can but basically what I've learned is that there's no glass ceiling of enoughness you know there's no like end to like okay and and we've done all of this and now you are enough and now you are worthy and so when I can't like do when I can't um show up when I can't yeah really like you know quote-unquote fulfill the roles and responsibilities and tasks that society has like placed on me it really like pulls on that core wound and it's like being able to give myself that glass ceiling to acknowledge when enough is enough and that you know I'm doing a great job is so important on this journey and I wanted to share that because I really just want that message to be like the overarching like theme like for your Christmas season you know to give yourself a glass ceiling on the doing and to really honor that who you are and what you you know bring to the table is truly enough that you get to decide that for yourself um you don't need to chase this like um invisible like marker for success and I think a lot of us do that you know I don't think I'm alone in that experience hey it's me dropping in with a little edit I don't think I meant to say glass ceiling like obviously I said glass ceiling but when I was listening to the replay I was thinking this doesn't make any sense at all it's actually more of like a cement ceiling you know I think I'm talking about an invisible barrier um, as being the glass ceiling but obviously a glass ceiling can be shattered and if I really get deep and think about it the glass ceiling is probably you know my worthiness and shattering the glass ceiling is by putting that cap that actual like barrier on the doing um, anyways I'm only human thanks for bearing with me thank you for your understanding let's all just go ahead when you hear me say glass ceiling replace that with cement ceiling or whatever sort of firm structure and barrier that you can imagine that needs to be placed on the doing I don't have the time to re-record this podcast so please use your imagination and I will let you carry on listening to the rest of this episode enjoy so here's what I know as a strong independent woman you know that in the past, I've been able to do it all, you know, but it doesn't mean that 
I should. Like, I know that you can do it all, but you don't have to. And it's like, in fact, where did that, did, where did you hear that you should or that you could do it all? And I think that's a really good question to ask yourself. Um, and I would add that it's far better for your health and vivacious nature if you don't do it all, right? The idea that we can do it all is really deeply problematic, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more when I talk about human giver giver syndrome. But, you know, the doing, it really keeps us on the hamster wheel of life. Just let that visual sink in for a second, right? (laughs) I mean, the conditions for life right now are already pretty unsexy, you know, this world is pretty fast-paced, there's lots going on, there's lots of information coming at you all the time without you like needing to contribute to that. And so I think when we can't sort of sit back and receive and get out of this doing mode, then we are really just creating the conditions to just be on that hamster wheel. It's not glamorous. You're just going, 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 going. Um, so I want to talk up firstly about receptivity over the holidays and how receptivity is a superpower. Um, I like to think of it as like being is a superpower and that that can supercharge your sex life in a sense that when we're always going, we're pretty cut off from our sensual. And by sensual, I mean like sensational. Our body has a sensual awareness. There is sensations continually happening. And so when we are disconnected from our sensual, you know, animal body, I see us being as like rigid sort of robots versus like, you know, slinky sultry animals (laughs) and that um that cutoff keeps us shut down from our turn on from creating you know like the ripe conditions required to feel sexy alive open available and so when i say being is a superpower that can supercharge your sex life talking about being in your experience being fully present in your life you know being connected to what turns you on not just sexual turn on but what turns the sensations of your body on so that you are more orientated to what's alive and real inside of you, more connected to what you need and what you want, and more hopefully open to receive that. And it's in that receptivity that life can become sort of this love affair, right? Now, doing is important. It's not that we should never do, you know? Obviously, we need to do. But we also need to be able to flow back into being. And what I'm seeing is that 
not a lot of us are floating back into that being. In fact, I'm pretty concerned about a number of people in my life and um, the sheer amount of doing that they are doing. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. And sometimes, you know, that's life. We have to just survive or we have to grin and bear it or we have to do. I get that. You know, when I talk about being, it is in many ways a privilege, but there are moments that we can carve out being into our day. I know that for certain. I know that. And it's like I shared in the beginning, sometimes our doing is so unconscious, it's anchored or rooted into these like old wounds or old paradigm where we are like filling a cavern, a deep cavern of unworthiness. We don't have a glass ceiling on our doing. So we take on more just to prove that we're worthy. Or we take on more because we feel like we should. Um, That's what we've been taught we should do. That's how we gain acceptance or love. Or that's how we've had to make our way in the world. It's like an outdated survival pattern. So being is in our body where is doing is more in our head. So when we can be in our experience, we can be more in the present moment. And what I've come to find is that the present moment is where all the juiciness is in life. It's the magic sauce to life. So I'm not talking about receptivity as like, let's receive some presents this Christmas season, <laughs> although that, you know, can definitely be a part of it. But it's receiving support. It's receiving help. It's being available and present to receive love, to receive joy. It's asking for, taking up, receiving space and time. So I think this conversation around space and time is a big one. It's something that's come up a lot in client sessions lately where when I'm asking a person, you know, what do you need to be true in order to um, have this thing that you're desiring or to thrive sexually? So many of the answers are around time. I need more time. But when we look at time, or when I look at time and I start to unpack it, and this is even for myself, what I find is that There is time. It's like what I just shared. There is small pockets of time in the time pie of life. It's just what we prioritize. And that again goes back to what we've been told is most important. And so I would invite you to get clear on what your values are, what you desire in life, and then look at what you're prioritizing versus what you value and desire. And, you know, if it helps, Look at why you prioritize what you prioritize. Is it because that's true for you and that's important? Those are your actual values? Or is it because that's some outdated scripts or what you've been told and sold that you should prioritize? And now to orientate away from that, like to get out of the scripts or what we've been told or sold, to deviate from the narrative that we've received culturally or societally or even within our family takes 
brass ovaries. It takes guts. It takes needing to know that you are safe, that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you belong. So it's not just as simple as looking at the time pie of life and saying like, well, I actually value feeling present and alive and turned on. But what I'm prioritizing is chores and, um, you know, to-do lists and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to make this choice right here and right now to have more fun in my life. Well, fun requires a level of nervous system safety and regulation. So making the choice for more for ourselves or to honor our values sometimes requires like really attuning our nervous system to feeling safe enough to have that, you know, feeling safe enough to deviate from the societal script, feeling loved enough, feeling worthy, you know, like I shared, worthiness is a big one. And you will be able to look outside of yourself and see old programming that will still tell you that what you're doing is against the grain, you know, that maybe you shouldn't take that nap because taking that nap is a luxury or taking that nap is not something that human givers do for themselves. So giving yourself that experience of safety, love, belonging, worthiness within is so important. So You know, if you're feeling blue, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling at the end of your rope, if you've had enough, it's probably time to slow down, you know, if possible, and look for the ways that you can lean in and receive from the world around you. And this doesn't have to be grandiose, you know, it can be simple as saying yes, if someone offers to bring a dessert to Christmas dinner, instead of like, no, it's okay, I got it no, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine is a real trigger in our household. It means things are not good at all. <laughs> like, if someone says fine, it's like sound the alarms. <laughs> so if someone says I'm fine, I would look like check in with that person. Um, simple ways to receive is, you know, letting your partner run those last few Christmas errands or accepting a present without feeling like you were need need to return the favor so it can be as simple as just saying yes to what's being offered to you and it can be as challenging as actually needing to say hey I need some space this afternoon to have a little rest or I actually really need you to um, I don't know clean the bathrooms before our guests arrive. So I invite you to speak up for what you need to lean into this like power of receptivity and this superpower of being because it has a ripple effect. It ripples out. It's not just a supportive tool for your well-being. It's a supportive tool for your sexual well-being as well. It helps create the fertile conditions from which desire can grow. So there's that receptivity. My friend, I just want you to know that you are safe to receive, that you are loved, that you are worthy. You know, it's okay to slow down and to ask for help. Please 
ask for help. And so within that, the next thing I want to talk about is the good girl and how this can show up as human giver syndrome and how that is deeply problematic as well. And just the ways in which you can begin to untangle yourself from all of that by really noticing the shoulds and how, you know, this feeling of I should do this, I should do that can keep you from feeling like a vibrant, alive, radiant, empowered human being over the Christmas holidays. Okay, so I've talked a little bit about the good girl archetype in this podcast before. You know who the good girl is. She's the people pleaser in all of us. She's the do-gooder. She is the nice girl. She is the person who doesn't want to rock the boat. She is the person who gets a lot of gratification, a lot of worth around making other people happy and making herself likable, fitting herself into a box that really... um, Yeah, the box that we've been told and sold that we should fit into. And so when you think about this Christmas season, I want you to basically do anything but what you think you should be doing. (laughs) So the holidays are full of shoulds and I strongly encourage you to check in with yourself. Is your to-do list full of shoulds? And do these shoulds serve you Or are they outdated ways of being or ways of showing up that you've inherited from your family or your friends or your culture? And then are you motivated purely by guilt or a sense of shame or duty? And that can be in the way you maybe say yes to social obligations that you want to say no to and your good girl pops up and feels, you know, shame about that or guilt or like that it's your duty to say yes to please others. Um, Shows up a lot in family member functions, I'm sure. And the roles that we all play, that we played from childhood onwards, that maybe don't serve us any longer. And so how can you remove some of those shoulds? And then how can you, you know, infuse more of what is real and true for you into you know your to-do list over the holiday season or into the obligations that you have or um, you know the functions that you need to go to the the family dinners or the gift giving all of that so the way I feel like human giver syndrome and the good girl archetype overlap is this belief that you have a moral obligation to you know give every drop of yourself in support of others even when it's at your own detriment and so I think you know a lot of us can relate to being the good girl and to centering everyone else's needs ahead of our own and even putting ourselves in dangerous situations because we're afraid of um, uncomfortable conversations. We're afraid of rocking the boat. We're afraid, you know, we're putting other people's like um, 
emotional comfort ahead of our own. Is it emotional comfort? I think so. Anyways. So, you know, I think moms can especially relate to human giver syndrome. And that is because of the social conditioning that um, the way women in motherhood need to show up is like caring, giving, and nurturing, like endlessly compassionate. And how that's really such a debilitating narrative. I I listened to actually a podcast the other day about, you know, motherhood rage and how, you know, a, a man, a father, if he shows rage in parenthood, you know, it's like he's more conditioned that, yeah, that was his boundary or, you know, we might respond and like, oh yeah, those kids, they were acting, they were acting pretty like out of control or I don't know what you would say in that moment, but yeah, the kids were acting pretty haywire or, you know, he's just asserting his male dominance. Whereas a mother shows rage and it's like, oh goodness gracious, that woman should, she should tone it down. She is being really bitchy, you know, (laughs) or she, wow, like she's, she should be like that endlessly caring, giving mother. So we pick up a lot of messages from the world around us and whether it's that like you know, a good daughter cares for her parents or her siblings. A good mother puts her children's needs first. A good girl, you know, is considerate of her um, friends' needs, her partner's needs. We're really um, encouraged and we're really praised for giving, you know, and for caring. And that can be at the cost of our wellness. When I first heard about human giver syndrome, it was, I think, in a podcast with Brene Brown, and she was interviewing Emily and Amelia Nagowski on their book, Burnout, which is a really great read. I strongly recommend it. And I'm probably butchering this, but, you know, they were explaining human giver syndrome, and they were talking about the fact that Women, it's so common for women to drop dead of a heart attack because we are so disconnected from our beingness, like what I was sharing in the beginning. We're so disconnected from our bodies, from our sensations. We're stuck in this doing and this giving that we're not even listening, you know, to the signs of our body calling out saying like, you are having a heart attack. So it is... (laughs) human giver syndrome is no joke (laughs) and I think you know I I hear this a lot in my own social circle right now it's like mothers that I know questioning like why am I so exhausted you know why do I feel so easily frustrated and it's like if we take that swipe out of our lives and look at everything that we're doing It's amazing to me that amidst all of that, we would still question ourselves like we are the problem. It's not about, you know, us or you. 
it's really about the messages that we learn about what it means to be like a good girl or a good woman or a good partner, a good wife, a good mother. That's the problem, right? And so untangling ourselves from that is massively important. Within this vein of human giver syndrome, I want to bring up like the inequity in the division of labor because it's because of messages like this that women often take on more of the division of labor in the household and a lot more of the invisible load of the labor that happens in the household. I remember reading an article and I'll see if I can find it and link it in the show notes It was talking about this human giver syndrome, and I believe it was quoting Emily Nagowski and her giving lectures to university students and asking, like, how do we solve the problem between human human giver syndrome? And most of the responses were, you know, teach everyone to be human beings, not human givers. But that is not the answer. In fact, the answer is how can we teach everyone to be human givers so that, you know, one person isn't watching TV while the other person is making Christmas dinner and doing all the dishes unless, you know, both people have agreed that that is like the best choice for each one of them, right? And so when I think about the holidays and I think about the giving and I think about the household, you know, division of labor and the roles that women take on as human givers, I just want to invite you to center your needs and to have the conversations with the people in your life that invite them into the giving spirit, you know, Um, to highlight the inequity if that's the case, if that's what's going on and, and to know that you are worthy and safe to receive that support, to ask for what you need, to change this paradigm, right? And so offering your good girl, you know, that like giving human being within a healthy dose of love and worthiness, putting that glass ceiling on what you're doing knowing that like it's enough who you are is enough you don't need to continue to give and give and give and give or do and do and do and do to be like a really good caretaker of your own needs by asking for what would support you is just the medicine of the holiday season I feel So I wanted to share that with you today. I hope that this has been supportive. Just to recap, we talked about receptivity as a superpower and that you are safe, worthy, loved, accepted. You belong in asking for what you need, in receiving support. So try saying yes to any offers of help and support and really fully receive that. I know it can feel uncomfortable, but really try to receive the support that is being offered to you. And then notice how you view time and if there is ways to 
change some of the ways that you prioritize time. Again, this requires knowing that you are worthy of really taking the time that you need for yourself. I want you to take a look at the shoulds in your life, the ways that you are showing up from a place of should or saying yes to things from a place of should. Um, Yeah, just the ways that you are maybe buying into the holiday season that have nothing to do with what's true or real for you, but rather this like um, package that you've been told or sold that you should do, you know, to make the holidays more meaningful or again, whatever this version of the holidays that we've been um, sold is. So yeah, really checking in with yourself. Are you motivated by guilt or by shame or by a sense of duty? How is your good girl and the people pleaser inside of you showing up? And how can you offer that part of yourself the love and the worthiness that they need in order to feel like safe enough to maybe say no? or to honor your needs, right? And then we talked about human giver syndrome and that it's a really big feckin' issue. (laughs) And that it's a real contributor to feeling burnt out, but also feeling, you know, unsafe to take up the space that we need because It means deviating from pretty intensely ingrained societal scripts about what it means to be a good woman or a good daughter or a good mother or a good wife. And so orientating back to, you know, if you're feeling burnt out, it's not a question necessarily about what's wrong with you, but rather What's wrong with the world around you that's making you feel like you have to give at the cost of your well-being and really untangling and divesting from that culture, which is, you know, a continual quest. It's not something that happens overnight, but you can take small steps and I think becoming conscious to it is really the beginning and the next step is getting out of this like doing mindset and taking more time to be in your body to notice sensations and then to honor those sensations honor your need for rest have conversations about you know the inequity in the division of labor and invite everybody at the table to be human givers not just some of us human givers and some of us human beings but all of us recognizing that it's important to give to one another to give the space and time that we each need to be human beings so i'm going to leave you with that please check the show notes i will try and link that brené brown podcast i was talking about as well as the article that I remember reading on human given giver syndrome, if I can find it. 
I really truly wish you a beautiful Christmas season. I'm not sure if I'll get one more episode in before Christmas holidays or not. I'm aiming to, but you know, life, it's life be life and and I'm doing the best I can over here. So wishing you well, wishing you wild. Oh, 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 I hope you get some time to really honor yourself throughout the holidays to take up the space that you need to nourish yourself to drink from the well of pleasure and joy and bliss and presence not presence under the tree but presence with yourself and the people you love Mm. take care my friend i'll talk to you soon Hey, thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of Kiss the Wild. It's been a real pleasure having you here. And I just want to say that if you've enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and make my Christmas dreams come true by leaving me a five-star rating or review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. I also just want to take this moment to plug away a digital gift that you can offer your loved one this Christmas season. It is three date night experiences I have called the Together Series. And this is a great package if you would like to deepen your intimacy with your partner or spice things up in the bedroom you will find three separate date nights with intimacy connection you know practices and builders alongside practices that really support you to drop into the tools that will really enhance your lovemaking. So if you're looking to have better sex with that special somebody in your life or deepen your intimacy and communication skills, look no further than the Together series. You can make your partner's Christmas dreams come true. I'm being kind of silly, but it's also definitely a possibility. So you can check out the Together series. I will link it in the show notes or you can check out my website, therightkristin.com. I'm also offering a one-on-one coaching spot in January of 2023. So if you want to go a little bit deeper with this work, you're curious about working with me, please reach out kristin at sexofrevolution.com.